This is Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. Housing. We don't have nearly enough of it in Boston, and one of the biggest barriers to building more is how much it costs to build here. And that's even if you already own the land and part of the structure. And that's the case that we are starting with today. WBUR reporter Simone Rios has been on it, joins us now, and also here in Studio 2, Jesse Kansen-Beninov, Executive Director of the nonprofit Abundant Housing Massachusetts. Hey there, Simone. Hey, good to be here with you both. Great to have you. And Jesse, welcome back to Radio Boston. Thanks for having me. So, Simone, we'll start with you to set this up. We are looking at a build on a public library, and it's really expensive. Give us the basics. Yeah, so it starts um, five years ago. The the Walsh administration, uh, Marty Mayor Marty Walsh, launches a, a program to start looking at building housing over public facilities. So whether that's a a fire station, (laughs) you might imagine what that might look like, (laughs) or a police station, or libraries. And and it turns out that- Much quieter to do it over a library than a fire station, Simone. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, so, so that's uh, those are the first projects under this initiative to come to fruition. Um, you have three library projects that have been selected to move forward with development teams in place. So Chinatown will get housing over a library there uh, in in Dorchester's Upham's Corner. There's an old bank building that's going to get a few units, but the most ambitious and the most expensive is the reconstruction of the library in in the West End with 119 units of housing above it. Okay, when you say reconstruction, I think that's important, Simone, because I was a little slow on the uptake on this. Uh, We're not not talking about like gutting a second floor and putting units in. You mean like more building on top of building, yes? Yeah, so so just to give you a sense of where we are, this is in the in the West End a neighborhood that was largely raised uh, back in the in the late 1950s in urban renewal. Um, Mass General is there, um, and you know this is this is just a couple blocks away. There's a library there now, um, and the idea is to tear that library down, build a, a beautiful new library with 12 floors of subsidized housing above it. And how many of those floors will be new construction? All of the the, the whole thing. The whole from thing. The new library and 12 stories going up. It's, it's all new construction. And the last piece before I bring Jesse into the conversation, I mean, it's always expensive to build. We saw that Boston Globe article a few weeks back that, you know, sort of gave the yeah. six to $700,000 number. But this is even more, right, Simone? Yeah. When I looked at the, the pro forma on this proposal, I noticed that they're estimating $835,000 per unit. Uh, and that sort of jumped out at me. Um, I had vague notions in my head about, yeah, six, 600000 uh, what have you. And I figured I would look at other affordable housing proposals in, in the city over the last couple of years and found that the average in, in Boston uh, for, for proposed affordable housing developments uh, is is something in the area of six hundred fifty thousand. So you know, again, we're talking eight hundred thirty five thousand per unit. Um, this is in a, a densely built neighborhood in the West End, um, and it, it gets very complicated when you start talking about the dollars and cents of affordable housing and comparing apples to apples or apples to oranges. <clears throat> There's a lot of factors that that you have to consider, like you know the size of the units, uh, what you know what, whether they're going to be for for low income or moderate income or market rate. So it's a whole host of factors. But the city um, the city selected this among eight proposals to develop the housing over the West End Library. 
Uh, and, and that's what it came out to, eight $835,000 per unit. So we have a whole bunch of whys now that this raises. And we're speaking with Simone Rios of WBUR. And now we're going to add Jesse Kansen Beninov of Abundant Housing Massachusetts as we look at this plan to build on public buildings. And in this case, a library and uh, affordable housing you know, 12 stories in the West End. So, Jesse, the first one will go all the way back to the start of what Simone Rios said, which is Boston starts to build uh, on public buildings. Why? Why, you know, why do that? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the uh, considerations that the city is is thinking of is the fact that uh, land costs in Boston are incredibly high. Um, you know, doing affordable housing development in Boston, you have to compete with some of you know the you know the most well-heeled developers uh, in the industry uh, because it's such a competitive market here. And so, if the city can leverage assets that it's it it owns to bring in affordable housing, you can help bring down some of the land costs uh, to help sort of moderate the price of of building housing. Now, this is for the reasons that Simone has talked about and that he reported on. You know, there are other challenges to this site in particular that make it so incredibly expensive. Um, and uh, but you can only imagine that if the developer had to actually pay for buying land uh, in the West End right now, um, we would be looking at well above eight hundred thirty or so thousand dollars per unit. All right, and so that gets us to then the second why, which is why uh, is is this so expensive? And we've got two parts to that, right? The first is. Why is it so expensive in general, $600,000, dollars to build a unit? And then why is this one so much even more expensive? We'll come back to this one in a second. Jesse, I'll stay with you for part one, right? Why is it so expensive to build here? Well, you know, generally, uh, affordable housing is more expensive to build than market rate housing. When you're building affordable housing, uh, you're leveraging lots of public programs, state programs, city programs. There's a lot of compliance that comes with utilizing those programs, uh, and it adds to the costs. There's a lot of attorneys um, that have to, uh, uh, you know, be involved in the deal, um, and you know, those, those sort of transactional costs add a lot. Uh, also, generally in Boston, whether you're talking about affordable housing or market rate housing, it is expensive to build uh, because of the process that we require large developments to go through. Um, sometimes a developer, whether it's an affordable developer or a market rate developer, developer, may have to hold a property for many years, even between the point where they acquire it or, or have an option to acquire it and when they get permits. Because the Article 80 process, the zoning approval process in Boston requires so much back and forth with community that adds costs Developers and their architects have to go back time and time again to revise plans based on community feedback. It often actually results in more cost to the project and fewer units, fewer homes being included in the end. And, and that entire process just adds a lot to it. And those are really just the costs that the city has influence over. There are things like the interest rates, incredibly high, uh, the Supplies. cost of labor, exactly, materials, et cetera. Okay. So again, we're speaking with, uh, you've just heard Jesse Kansen-Beninov, Executive Director of Abundant Housing Massachusetts, turning back now to Simone Rios, WBUR reporter, who's brought us this story about this particular example of the city of Boston building on a public building on the land the city already owns to create more affordable housing units. What I'm hearing, I think, 
Simone, and what I want to try to draw out a little more to the extent we can, is how much of the question is, why is it so expensive to build? And how much of the question is, why is it so expensive to build here? How do we think about the difference between those two and which is the more explanatory, if that's the right word in this case, Simone Rios, question to be asking in this case? Do you see what I'm getting at? For sure. I, I mean, everything Jesse just said, so many factors and, and more. You know, so for example, the city is going with highly efficient uh, design mm-hmm. standards now. So they're using um, the environmentally the efficient. House. Exactly. Um, they're, they're using the passive house standard, which makes buildings airtight and highly insulated and triple pane windows. And they're using this uh, cross-laminated timber construction instead of like steel framing. You know, all of this adds to the cost. The, the city says uh, the, the buildings that that it's building, including the West End Library project, and moving forward, um, they, they they won't be using uh, fossil fuels at all, all all electrical systems. So, as you can imagine, these things all add to the cost. Um, but you know, it's the kind of development that the city says needs to happen to reduce the carbon footprint of, of buildings. And um, having such tightly weatherized buildings, you know, with mass amounts of insulation and, you know, you're, you're, not losing, you're not losing the warm air you're creating to the outside, all that saves on energy costs well into the future. So two more questions for you on that, Simone, before I go back to Jesse, you know, so one is, does the city want to? Is it trying to? Will it ever sort of recover its costs in rent, right? Somebody builds something, they're going to rent it out. They would normally be thinking about, listen, I'm going to get my costs back at X period of time. Do we know? Look, uh, there's a lot of money from a lot of different sources that go into this, primarily federal funding. Uh, and I don't think anybody is going to yeah. be recovering uh, those costs. I mean, you, you look at the breakdown of who's going to be living in these units. It's, you know, from from very low income folks to moderate income folks to people just below the the median income. Um, so, so these buildings, not only will they rely on tens of millions of dollars, we're talking about a $125 million project here. Um, and, and most of that uh, will come from um, from sub from government subsidies. And then the rents going forward will also be subsidized through programs like Section 8. Um, so in terms of recovering money, I don't think anybody's really thinking along those lines. Um, but the developers do have to look at the numbers and make sure that they're able to pay down the, the loans that they do take um, from from banks and, uh, and, and be able to pay the bills going forward. So, so, so perfect. That's, that's their primary concern. So that's perfect, Simone, because that was the next question. What is the developer saying about this? Look, the developer is uh, coming out of the pandemic. Um, everything from uh, labor costs to the cost of materials have gone up. They're planning ahead. You know, they're, they're talking about building this or opening in, in March of 2027. Could take longer than that. So they're having to make the assumption that prices are going to continue rising. Um, one of the biggest factors here, which we haven't talked about, is the prevailing wage law, uh, where where in Massachusetts, in, in Boston, um, uh, certain developers are required to pay, you know, wages that are um, consistent with, for example, collective bargaining agreement wages. Uh, and, and so that adds a, a huge amount of cost. One, one thing I'll add, um, in, in my conversations with the city, they pointed out that this is a, 
an early estimate. It's sort of the, the first number that developers presented to the city. The city uh, accepted this this proposal, um, but that there could be many different iterations of the project going forward and that the cost could come down. Obviously, that remains to be seen, but I wanted to put that out there. So here's where we are. And we're speaking with Simone Rios, WBUR reporter, Jesse kansen Beninov of Abundant Housing, Massachusetts. Mayor Wu has said, Jesse, uh, here in this studio a number of times, listen, to, to solve the housing crisis, we're going to have to try all kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, on the affordable si- housing side, on the development side, we're looking at a case example that Simone is reporting out of building affordable units on public housing, on land already owned, blah, blah, you know, da, 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 down the line. Yeah. And we've identified some big cost drivers here. Is there an opportunity here for the city to make it less expensive, more attractive, faster? You pick the objective mm-hmm. that makes this work better. Mm-hmm. And, and what is the thing or the two things? I think one of the most important things that the city of Boston can do is reform its zoning code to make projects like this happen as of right. And what that means is not requiring incredibly extensive and expensive uh, permitting, community engagement approval processes and say, look, it's a public good that we are providing 119 units of affordable housing in a highly desirable neighborhood that was once a a working class community in the West End that was decimated by urban renewal. Um, And therefore, we want to see this project happen and we won't make the developer jump through hoops in order to get their permits. Something like this, the developer should be able to propose go to City Hall and get their building permits, you know, make sure it, it, it sort of fits uh, the, the the zoning, but it shouldn't require the expensive and extensive approval process. Now, that alone won't substantially change the development cost, but it is one area that the city does have direct control over the cost of projects like this. And so, again, making sure that the, the Boston Zoning Code, which earlier this uh, last year, the BPDA, the Boston Planning Development Agency, released a report that compared our zoning code to other cities of similar size across the country, found that our uh, zoning code was a lot more complex, was a lot longer, added a lot more cost and time to building more affordable and market rate housing and drove up the cost of building housing in the city. So I do think zoning reform, which the mayor talked about last night in her state of the city address um, through her squares and streets initiative, is one potential avenue um, to help address, again, some of the cost uh cost increases uh, in, in this and in projects like it across the city. So I'm glad that you brought up the State of the City Address last night. And and for listeners, I want to pull out a phrase that you use, Jesse kansen Beninov, which is as of right, mm-hmm. because I think we're going to talk about that phrase a lot more on Radio Boston in the coming months. You actually were uh, quoted in the press release that mm-hmm. came out afterward with the speech uh, supporting a different as of right move that the, the mayor is making, which is to give people the ability to c- create accessory dwelling units on their property as a right, which means you just get to do it, yeah. right? That's basically yeah. what as of right means. And you, you're supportive of the mayor's Absolutely. move there. Simone Rios, you and I, of course, were on air together last night covering the mayor's state of the city address. And, you know, one of the panelists that we had last night, Joe Battenfeld of the Boston Herald, pointed out she spent nearly one-seventh of her speech just on housing. Uh, as of right and zoning pieces of it, any other big headlines from that that you want to you know, bring forward? Because it, this is, again, all of a piece in her strategy to take on housing. 
Yeah, and there were a number of things. I mean, the the um, accessory dwelling unit, the you know mother in law suites. That's that's something that's near and dear to me because I actually built one of those. It was not as of right. I had to get a, a zoning variance where I live in Milton. Um, but but I know about that that portion. Um, she invited Mayor Wu invited um, recent you know first time homeowners to to come and and see her speak. Uh, that that's been a, a key part of. Her housing agenda um, is promoting home ownership, um, and uh, you know she talked about permitting the highest ratio of affordable housing in over a decade. So uh, um, they approved over the last year. The city approved seventy four hundred housing units um, for future development. And uh, one one interesting piece is Wu talked about families getting displaced um, when when the buildings that they live in are, in her words, scooped up by private investors. And we've learned recently that this is happening a lot in terms of the, the share of, of housing sales, uh, not going to, to families, but, but to going to private and institutional investors. Um, so the city's launching a fund uh, to make more buildings permanently affordable. Um, and, and Wu said that over the last year, they were able to do that and, and keep 114 families in East Boston in, in their homes, preventing them from, you know, going to the private market. And they're planning to, to uh, expand this to protect uh, 400 more households in the coming year. So, you know, that's not a huge number when we think about the housing shortage that, that the city and the region are facing, you know, but it's a big deal to the affected families. So as we close here, last word to you, Jesse Kansen-Beninoff, coming back full circle to the story that Simone began us with, with this, the library in the West End and the affordable housing units, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And yet, do you want to see it built? Do you yeah. want to see more of this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we recognize in Boston, this is a public good and there is going to be some cost that goes to it, but we need to make every neighborhood of Boston affordable to more families. That means building more affordable housing, more market rate housing and making it less costly uh, through zoning reform to do that. But even in the current state of things, absolutely, this is an important project that brings a lot to our community. All right. Jesse Kansen-Beninov, Executive Director of the nonprofit Abundant Housing Massachusetts, and Simone Rios, WBUR reporter, um, giving us a lot on housing and state of the city. Thanks to both of you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tiziana.